Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries Podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. I want to talk to you this morning, just for a moment, about changing your world by changing your words. Say this with me. Change my world. Change my words. Say it like this. Change my words. Change my world. Now listen, I believe that when you read the scripture, you'll find out it's Jesus who taught that. But not only him, you'll see it in the Old Testament and the New Testament both. How God said your words are so powerful. Proverbs says that the power and life of life and death are in your words. But not just any words that you speak have, have a divine impact, have a God impact for your life. It's necessary to speak according to the Word of God. Now look, words are important. The first thing God did uh, when He created heaven and earth, the first thing He did was spoke. He spoke. And when He spoke, He created everything that was necessary for success. I talked about this last week just for uh, a moment in one of the services last week. It's important to hear this. In Genesis chapter 1, when God caused the earth to begin to bring forth uh, Uh, the Bible says fruit and things that have seed in it. The scripture says he spoke to the earth and told it to let go of or release what was in it. He said it with his words because he had already created it. And when he created it, it had all of its capacity in a seed form. It was there, the Bible says, in the earth. And then Jesus spoke to it or God spoke to it in Genesis 1. And he told the earth to let it bring forth. All of the fruit and all of the plants and all of those things that were there. Can I just say that when you get the word of God in your mouth as a believer and you begin to speak, you find out how many of you are glad the kingdom of God is within you? You'll find out the kingdom of God that is within you when Jesus is your Lord and you begin to speak according to the word of God, you begin to release qualities and benefits and power that you don't even realize because it's in its latent form, it's in its seed form because when his kingdom came inside of you, the scripture says in in, uh, Colossians chapter one that you were delivered from the power of darkness and translated into his kingdom, into the kingdom of his dear son. It's a powerful, powerful word, and uh, I'm not going to do a lot of Greek teaching this morning, but let me just say that in the Greek, the word, it actually comes from a word that the root word is the word rusus, and the word rusus is the word we get the word blood from in Greek. And uh, when it's in that tense, not just ruah, but rusus, it actually is saying it's like a river of blood or like a fountain, a flow of some kind, a stream, a river. And the scripture says that you and I were delivered from the power of darkness and we were rushed into the kingdom of his dear son because of his blood. You ought to clap your hands to the Lord right there and give God the glory. In the spirit, you were bought with the blood. You were delivered by the blood of Jesus. Thank God for that divine blood that had no iniquity, no sin, no sickness, no disease, no curse in it. And when you were born again in the spirit, that's what the Bible says God did. In the spirit, he just swapped blood with you. Glory to God. No wonder Paul could say, I am a new creation 
Old things pass away and all things become new. So when the Apostle Paul said it, he didn't write that just so we would say, oh, that was real nice for the Apostle Paul. No, we're supposed to take the word of God ourselves and begin to speak the word of God over our own lives, especially when it is in a confrontation with those things that are contrary to the kingdom of God that try to come against your life. How many of you know sickness is not of God? Poverty is not of God. The number one killer on this planet of humanity, the number one killer of humanity is poverty. In all of its impacts and all of its purpose and all of its ability to come upon humanity the way it does, everything from droughts to floods to bad governments to all kinds of things, whatever releases poverty, even just to mindsets. They get locked in. The Bible calls them strongholds in people's lives. Listen, it almost always will lead to premature death. Almost without exception, poverty leads to premature death. Look at two people and say, that's the best message I ever heard in my life. Come on, tell them that. Well, anything that tries to kill, steal, and destroy, steal, 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 kill, steal, kill, steal, kill, steal, destroy. The Bible says that it is from the devil. So it's important to get that. So there's a war that's going on. It constantly takes place in life. But thank God you and I are called more than conquerors through Christ. The greatest day in your life is when you'll call yourself more than a conqueror through Christ. Because when you begin to speak the word of God, you begin to bring forth anointings, abilities, qualities from the very inside that are released into your life. Uh, Some of them grow faster than others. Some are almost miraculous. Others just begin to grow and produce kingdom fruit. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. I can understand one of the reasons why they hated Jesus so much when he came because they thought he was talking politics. But all of his parables, almost all of his parables and his miracles, he referenced the fact that his kingdom operated a certain way. And he came to declare that kingdom. Now, we're not talking politics today. We're talking the fact there is a spiritual kingdom that you are a part of when Jesus becomes Lord of your life. It has its own language. It has its own set of operations. And the things of that kingdom are uh, oftentimes uh, opposite of the things of this world. And so we grow and we learn and then we become doers of that and not just hearers only. That's why the word of God is so, so necessary in your life. You will change your world when you change your words. Look at Isaiah 55 with me, if you would, please. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Isaiah chapter 55. And the more I study this and the more I read it, uh, the stronger and the bigger this particular teaching gets in my inner man. It is a powerful, powerful uh, scripture. Isaiah 55. Listen to this. I'm going to take just a minute. I'm going to read a couple of verses to you. I'm going to begin in verse 7. I'll just start in verse 6. Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Everybody say his way. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Come on, say thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, 
for he will abundantly pardon. Before I say anything else, remember this. If your actions and your thoughts, your words are the same today after you were saved than they were before you were saved, you've got some growing to do. You have some learning to do. You have to understand the scripture says that an unrighteous man, that's what every one of us were before Jesus came into our life. We are commanded to forsake those ways, those actions, those lifestyles, those habits, those ways, those patterns oftentimes of living that were contrary to goodness, to joy, to health, to life, to strength, uh, to, uh, to that very upward mindset of blessing instead of the anticipation of things getting worse and worse and worse. Some people go around with a little dark cloud over their head all the time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You tell that cloud to go in Jesus' name and it'll go. If you have to tell it 70 times a day, it'll go. Been there, done that. I've got good news for you. It'll go. Come on, shout hallelujah. Because verse eight says, look at this. Because my thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. That is so important to get this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Watch this now. I'm reading out of King James. Neither are your ways my... I used to think that said for years that my thought, God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. But that's not what he said there. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. And when I begin to study that, here's how it says it. My thoughts, God says, the thoughts of God, because they're not your thoughts, therefore your ways are not my ways. Since, since my thoughts are not your thoughts, therefore your actions, your ways, your deeds are not my deeds. Oh my goodness. Can we think about it just for a moment? Come on, everybody shout think. So God talks a whole lot about your thoughts and about your thinking. It's very important to hear this. We need to think the things of God. Now, I know sometimes preachers think, well, you're just talking about just mind over matter. I don't know how many times preachers get accused of that to teach the word of God. But I'd like to say uh, that they're uh, halfway right uh, because it is mind over matter because it matters what's on your mind. It matters to God, and I promise you it's going to have an impact on you. There are plenty of research and studies that are done that literally says that your words and your thoughts affect your health. Your words and your thoughts can affect your blood pressure. Can I get two amens? Your words and your thoughts will affect, uh, obviously, it will affect your family. You can be sure it will affect your life. Well, God knew all of that and he made you in his image and his likeness. And he talks about his thoughts and his ways and your thoughts and your ways. And he says, if my thoughts are not your thoughts, therefore your actions will not be my actions. Your ways will not be my ways. And then he begins to explain that. This has got to get in your spirit real strong. He begins to talk about how it's necessary first to let the words of God be in your heart and in your mind. He talks about two things. He talks about thoughts, ways, and words. Come on, say them with me. Thoughts, ways, and words. So maybe that's three things if you want to call thoughts and words uh, uh, two different things. Thoughts, of course, are words, and words are things that are vocalized, that are verbalized. So they're the same things put into, into that ability to do what only you and God can do, and that is talk. 
Out of all of the things God created, He only made man to talk. Humans. He made man and woman. That's all. You can communicate into the world that God created and then uh, that's the problem that happened because they began to think and talk wrong. And when they did, they bought into the deception of Lucifer and a curse came into the world. But it didn't change the principles of God and the ways that God said we're supposed to live. Uh, believers are supposed to think like God, act like God, and talk like God as much as it's relative to the moment. Amen. Give me two big amens right there. Come on. It's important to get that. And there's no area of your life that you cannot speak or think the things of God into that area of your life and have a godly effect. He said, for my thoughts, verse eight, are not your thoughts. Therefore, your ways are not my ways, saith the Lord. And then he begins to explain it even more. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Now listen, God's not talking about clouds here. He's talking about actions, words, and thoughts. And he said that God's ways are higher than our ways. Once again, he's not talking about clouds. Uh, and then he goes on, he says, So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's verse 9. He said it all begins with a thought. It's like God is teaching how, uh, to Israel, He's teaching them how they can have that cooperation with God in their life. How they can serve God, cooperate with God, and obey God. He said, it's going to happen like this. My ways need to be your ways. My thoughts and your thoughts need to be running uh, in sync with one another. If that's the case, He said, some things are going to take place. You're going to have that activator, and it's your tongue. It's your words. It will activate. Uh, Proverbs 18 says that the very power of life and death are in the tongue. Now, I used to think that the Scripture uh, was kind of convoluted right there a little bit and turned a little bit, and uh, where we would think that the tongue actually, or the words are actually uh, kind of what caused that to take place. But he says the power of life and death. Life and death has power to it. And it says it's in your words. It's in your tongue. It's an activator. It activates the power of God in your life. Or you can be sure it acts, uh, it'll activate the power of destruction. Your words are very, very spiritual. It makes a difference what you say. It makes a difference what you say. When sickness tries to come upon you, it makes a difference what you say. That sickness trying to get a hold of your body some way or another, you, you and I don't go around just telling everybody how sick we are. Now, I know there's some people that might have uh, took that whole thing about confessing the word of God and just took it maybe way out of bounds with some of their exaggeration and some of the things they were doing, but at least they were trying. That's what I can say. They might have missed it, but they were trying in some areas there. But it's very necessary that you speak the word of God. It does not, just because somebody might have messed up, it doesn't invalidate the truth of the word of God. We are people who speak the word of God and we speak that to the degree that we can. As we begin to speak, we realize we're releasing the power of life. Sickness trying, anybody in here have to fight sickness off before? Hallelujah. Anybody ever have to fight offline? 
It's very necessary that your words be godly words. Give me two big amens. It's very necessary. If sickness tries to get on you, sure, you can say, I'm fighting this sickness. I've got this sickness on my body. But what you have to begin to confess and say is, but with his stripes, I was healed. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Now you're going to treat yourself. You're going to use wisdom and take care of yourself to the best of your understanding. But it's necessary that you activate the power of the kingdom of God through health, thoughts of health, ways, actions of health and healing, words of health and healing according to God's word. You're activating the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And there's an anointing on the inside of you. The Bible says that angels respond to the sound of God's word. Anointings begin to be released. You release the power of the Holy Ghost in your life by what you say. If it's trying to kill, steal, or destroy you in some way, you rise up against that in the name of Jesus. Don't you just take that just because it's happened before. You begin to think the thoughts of God, have the actions of God, speak the words of God against that. It might not change immediately, but I tell you in Jesus' name, it is going to change. It will every time. You just have to do your part. You say, it's not not that easy, pastor. Make it that easy. Make it that easy because that's how God put it there. You rise up and you stand against that stuff. Don't just give in to every little uh, attack that comes against your life. You say, well, that's the way it is. When people in our family, you know, when they get in their 30s, they start having these problems. and They get in their 40s and they start having these problems. And, and they get in, uh, you know, these people will be talking about sometimes, well, the families, you know, when people got in their 40s, they started having arthritis. They say it's heredity. Well, get a new heredity. Get a new one. You don't like the way you were born the first time? Get born again. Get born again again if you have to. You understand what I mean? Speak the word of God over you. Say, well, I'm going to change my heredity right now. I have a new inheritance today. Colossians 1 says that God has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. One translation says God has qualified us. He has empowered and qualified us to become partakers of the inheritance of the saints who are in light. The word uh, light doesn't just mean in heaven. It's the word uh, that we get the word for illuminated or illumination. Luminous. And he he didn't just say uh, in, in, in like the city of heaven. He's talking about today, God, when, when, when you said yes to Jesus and his spirit came in you, listen to me, you became a new creation. The Bible says you have now become an inheritor and a partaker of the inheritance of those who have been, listen, illuminated. Oh, God has turned on the light. You mean I don't have to take this sickness just laying down and, and, and have no ability against it except this medicine? Well, thank God for medicine if it helps you. But in the name of Jesus, you have a power that can break that stuff off of your body. And I believe Nahum 1.9, it will never come back again. Nahum 1.9, if it does, you rise up again. You stand against it. We should never, believers should never knowingly embrace to accept any of the things that were under the curse. I like to speak to myself, Galatians 3.13. I say it over and over. 
Christ has redeemed me from the curse. The curse was the impact. The curse was the impact of the fall when Adam and Eve fell. And God brought a law in to try to uh, help people stay inside of the harness, so to speak, until the Redeemer came. His name is Jesus. That's why you're not under the law. The law was like, the Bible says, a schoolmaster that would help teach people how not to fall off the cliff before the Redeemer came and broke the power of the curse off of the life of every person that would believe. And so Paul writes to the church at Galatia and he says, for Christ, come on, everybody shout Christ. Christ. Come on, say this with me. The anointing anointing of the Lord Jesus. Jesus. That's what Christ is. It's the anointing of the Lord. Jesus is the person. Christ is that empowerment. It's that office and anointing that is on his life. Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for me. Jesus came and substituted for us. Being made a curse for us. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if we we get a hold of that and we begin to think the thoughts of God, say the words of God, and believe God for His actions and His deeds, then the scripture says we're going to have the same results as God. So here's what it says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Verse 9 again. Nor are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. Verse 9. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher, more powerful. They are supreme. They are exalted above the fallen ways. The ways of God doesn't mean that it's out of reach and out of touch higher. It means that on the scale of life, the highest way you can act is to act like God, think like God, and talk like God. Just like the clouds are above your head, they are in an exalted area right there that are a little different than what we are down here. Can I have a big amen right there? One thing's for sure, when we take his actions, his words, and his thoughts, your thoughts are so important. You can't help uh, a thought that pops into your head sometimes. But you can absolutely make a decision you're not going to buy into every uh, wrong thought that tries to show up. I always say the first thought doesn't matter. It's the second, third one that has the impact. You have to make a decision that some thoughts you're going to think on and some thoughts you're just simply not going to think on. If I can use this, uh, it sounds a little bit simple, but I promise you it is real. Here it is. You tell yourself what you're going to think. And you tell yourself what you're not going to think. You have that ability. Oh, somebody once said it like this. Think you can. Think you can't. Either way, you're right. You have to make that decision that you're going to think the ways of God. Think the thoughts of God and then speak the word of uh, the words of God. You can formulate them a little bit into your life any way you need to to make them into good old English language or Spanish language or whatever language you want to. But my friend, it needs to be the Word of God when you're speaking it. Glory to God. Y'all doing all right? Look what he says in verse 10. For as the rain cometh down, one translation says it like this, as the rain first comes. 
are first comes the rain. As the rain, everybody shout rain. rain. Come on, I want you to learn this this morning. As the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven. Come on, say snow. snow. Say first the rain, first rain. And, the snow. and the snow. Now watch this. Just like water, in other words, like rain and snow first comes from heaven. And it, it does not return there, but it waters the earth and makes it, it activates and to bring forth and to bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the... He said, first comes the water. It falls down and it activates what's in the earth and releases it. It's already in the earth. And it activates it and releases So shall my word be. I wish somebody would get this in their spirit today. Because if you want to activate healing in your body, first let the word of God, which the Bible calls the water of the word, let it begin to flow first. Let that word, so shall my word be, that goeth out of my mouth, it will not return unto me void. I can't say this enough today. I cannot. Holy Spirit, help us understand it. You do not need to go to God with voided words. You need to go to God first with the word of God and let that begin to rain down on your situation. He said, that's how the anointing works. That's how the Holy Ghost works. Don't give old voided words. Come up here and help me. Uh, oh, just old voided words and all of that. We're just praying to God. Look, Jesus, he said, here's how you pray. Here's how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Everybody shout hallowed. hallowed. It's a beautiful old English word. We love that word. It just means blessed, a special, anointed, set aside in a category all of its own. Holy, pure, powerful, hallowed, revered. He said the first thing he's talking about is hallowed be thy name. Everybody shout name. The name he's talking about is the name Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sidkenu. Are you listening to me? He's talking about the name of Jehovah God. And when Jehovah God identified himself, he would say, I am Jehovah Jireh. I'm the God of your provision. I am the God of your peace. I'm the God of your righteousness. It's not self-righteousness. It's his righteousness because you're his child. I'm the God of your provision. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God of your health and your healing. And he begins to talk about that. He said, I'm Jehovah Nisi. I'm the God who is present with you, whether you're in the fire, in the water, or whether you're having the finest day of your life or the most difficult uh, uh, lion's den experience of your life. I am Nisi. I am with you and my banner is flying over your life. They said, teach us how to pray. Jesus, teach us how to pray. He said, well, the first thing you do is you tell God, now God, here in a moment, I'm going to be talking to you about some of my needs. But before I do, I'm just going to come to you first and say, you're the God who supplies all of my needs. You're Jehovah Jireh. My father, you are Jehovah Rapha. My father, I have sinned somewhere in my life, but before I do anything, I'm just going to say, you're Jehovah Sidkenu. You are my righteousness today. You're the one who forgives and redeems me from that curse. And so I'm going to first come to you with that. I'm not going to come to you with a bunch of void words. No, don't return to God with void words. 
Take the word of God. Take his thoughts. Take his ways. Now, the devil will make you think you're so unworthy. Anybody ever gone through that trip before? Or that God doesn't hear you or it really doesn't have an effect. Well, if you believe that lie, that's the impact you're going to have. But on on the other hand, it is impossible for God to turn you away if you come before him in the name of Jesus with with the right heart. You don't have to be a perfect person. That's his job to make you perfect. You just have to have a desire to have his thoughts, his words, his ways in you. You have to make a decision. You're going to rise up. He said, just like the snow and the water first comes, you first come to me, so shall my word be. So shall my word be. That goeth forth out of my mouth. The first thing that's going to happen, it will not come back to me in a void state, but it will accomplish which I, that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Ooh, Lord, help me get this across in three minutes. Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit. If you'll speak the Word of God and make a decision to think the Word of God and let your actions and deeds, to the best of your understanding, your ways, be according to the Word of God. uh, Whether you're on the job somewhere, whether you're out having dinner somewhere, whether you're at the house, uh, regardless of what that issue is that may uh, pop up and everyone has an issue. They always show up. It's how you embrace them. You make a decision to renew your mind to the word, the ways, and the thoughts of God. It is a lifelong process and it starts right now in Jesus' name. And you make that decision. I am going to live in victory. I don't care how much battle I have to have. I'm going to have victory. If I'm going to go through battle, I'm going to go through it victoriously. I'm going to put on that whole armor of God and fight the good fight of faith, the Bible says. So look, I know people say, well, you're just trying to make positive mental attitudes. Well, sure, I'm trying to make a positive minute because every promise of God is yea and amen, the Bible says. It's yes and amen, but not just for the effect of just being a positive human. No, I want the thoughts of God because I found they're good. They're godly and they're powerful and they activate the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, clap your hands to God right there. They'll activate that anointing for you in your life. One more verse, look at this. So you shall, uh, verse 12, so you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills, listen to this, will break forth before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Now look, that does not sound real pretty. Isn't that real nice? How many of you uh, uh, think trees have uh, have hands? So listen to this in Hebrew, if you would, please. You shall go out with joy. Woo, glory to God. So he's talking about you've taken the word of God. It's like snow and water. It first activates the earth. So the word of God, the thoughts of God and the ways of God, that's how you come to God and you activate his kingdom. Now you've got some kingdom things growing in your life. And then it says, so you shall go out with joy. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm quoting King James, of course, but here's what it says in the Hebrew. It says, so you shall now enter in, you'll first enter into, 
You'll first enter into the world. You'll, you'll go out with joy. You'll enter in. You'll go out of this. Now you'll walk in there. And you'll do that with joy. Come on, shout joy. joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It says you go out with joy. That's before you have your encounter. That's before the issue ever pops up. You make a decision. I'm going to have a joyful day today. I believe I'll just think on the thoughts of God. If I don't have anything good right now going on as far as I'm concerned, I think I'll just take time and thank God for all He has done for me just to bring me this far. When the enemy could have uh, uh, maybe destroyed me, but he, but he didn't, God protected me, helped me. And I believe I'll just say right here, it's full of joy today. I think I'll just magnify the Lord. And so he said, so you'll enter in, you will go out, you'll let joy be the first thing that comes through you. And it says... Uh, You'll go out with joy. You'll be led forth with peace. Everybody shout peace. He says you've got to let that peace of God, let that lead you, let that be in front of you. You'll be led by peace. Your feet are shod, Ephesians 6, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The scripture says in Romans 14, 17, that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Listen, God knew when he was talking about, when he had Paul write that to the church at Rome. He said, these qualities should be going with you first everywhere you go. The righteousness of God, the peace of God, and the joy of the Lord should be in your life. Come on, say it with me. Righteousness. Peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Say it again. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Look, I was real excited when the Astros got into the playoffs. I'm not going to talk about what happened uh, in, in, in number seven. But when they got in the playoffs, it was like I was there myself. I was so happy about them being there. Oh, I was just happy. And that was happy. But you know, when they lost... That seventh game, I'm sorry, I'm getting over it. When they lost that seventh game, I wasn't too happy about that. But I refused to let that steal my joy. Did y'all know something? Listen, I didn't cuss one time. At all, I came from a long line of cussers. Didn't cuss one time. Nope. Said, well, it's always next year. Besides, you've got to really be good just to be in the final dance anyway. So they'll, they'll, they just have to get it next year is all I can say. Besides, our, our guys are, are a lot more handsome than their guys anyway. So, no, but I made some decisions not to let the circumstance steal my joy. Circumstance can create emotion, but joy is a quality that comes from God. And the joy of the Lord, not the joy of circumstance, the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many of you are glad you're born again? Come on, you're saved on the way to heaven today. How about filled with the Holy Spirit? You're glad that the Spirit of God lives in you. How many of you are glad that you can call on the Father and He'll hear you when, you when you come? That ought to create a joy and an expectation and a confidence that the world cannot take away. The world didn't give it to you. You'll go out with joy. You'll be led forth with peace. Look, when they cut you off at the red light, someone passes you and shows you their IQ. (laughs) 
Don't return like for like. Besides, they might be a member of the church. You don't ever know. I don't want me to tell you that story. It's important that you not let things steal your joy. Things can have an impact on your life. You gather yourself real quick and you say, I'm going to rejoice in the God of my salvation. I'm going to magnify the Lord today. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. I wish I had time to give you all that in Hebrew. It just literally means that word mountain. Literally means that track of elevation. That area that you're having to climb up to get up higher and higher. That promotion. That upward path. The mountains will break forth before you. Instead of it always being a struggle. The scripture says that the very process will begin to work for you instead of against you. And that's exactly what it says. He says, as you go forth to the word and the ways and the spirit of God, and you go with that rejoicing and you let peace lead you, and you're a focused person, you're depending on God, but you're going to put your hand to that and do your best. He said that process of elevation, that mountain, actually is going to work for you instead of work against you. The mountains and the hills, it talks about big and small issues. They'll suddenly start working for you. They will break forth before you. Ooh, my goodness. Break forth is a beautiful Hebrew word, and it's the word for celebrate or joy or rejoice, to sing. It literally says, That as you go forth in the name of Jesus like that, and you make that decision, that everything in front of you will begin to celebrate your coming instead of resist it. But your adversary, the devil, will work overtime to cause you to let the nasty that's in you, the mean that's in you, the ugly that's in you, the pride that's in you, That's what wants to try to elevate itself. This pre-learned posture that is contrary oftentimes to the kingdom of God. And then we can't understand why the struggle is so hard in front of us. God says, because my ways, they're higher than your ways. So change your ways. My words, my thoughts are different. And he said, here's what's going to happen. Yeah, there may be a mountain in front of you there, but it's going to work for you instead of against you. And instead of resisting you, there'll be a celebration that you're coming that way. If you come that way, right. If you do it right, God said there's a power that's unexplainable in the natural. That's how Christians are supposed to live every day on the job. That's how we're supposed to live. Listen, you ready for this? You ready for this? On vacation. That's how we're supposed to live in our own families. And God knows when we come together in the house of God, we ought to celebrate because we're on the winning team. Come on, give God all of the glory. Come on, church, give God praise today. What a good God we serve. Bow your head with me right now. Just a moment, please, church. And I'm going to ask no one to look around just for just a moment here. If you say... Preacher, I need Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. I need Jesus in my life. I'm in the house of God today. 
But when I walk out of here, I'm not sure if I'm going to live the way I ought to, but I want to. I need that power of the Lord in my life. I need to know that my name is written in heaven's book of life. The Apostle John said, I write unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. God said you can know that. So I'm just simply going to count to three. And I'm going to ask you, with the church lightly praying under its breath for every person around them today, if you say, today I need to make Jesus Christ Lord of my life. If that's you, when I count to three, I'm just going to ask you right where you're sitting there to lift your hand up until I recognize it. Get yourself ready right now. One, get that hand ready. Two, three, hold it up real high. God bless those hands. God bless you. God bless those hands. I see them. God bless you. God bless you. God bless those hands. You may put them down. God bless those beautiful hands. God bless those hands. I want the entire church to stand to their feet right now. Stand up on your feet. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of salvation. Romans 10 and 9, once again, here's the words of God. No one's going to leave for a moment. We'll dismiss in just a minute. It's the most important time in any church service when someone says yes to Jesus Christ. Here's that moment right there. You lifted that hand and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. God saw your hand. I saw it. What's important is God saw it. And He saw your heart when you lifted that hand. Romans 10 and 9 says, With words, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus as our Lord. Jesus as your Lord. And you believe in your heart some way that God raised Him from the dead. I don't know how God did that. He just did it. I, I'm, not, I'm not required to understand everything in the Bible. I'm required to believe what's in the Bible. I understand what I can, but I believe every bit of it. And I refuse to doubt it. That Jesus being God in flesh, He arose from the dead. The Bible says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Lordship of Jesus over your life, and believe that He is the risen Savior, that God raised Him from the dead, that you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Along with that package of believing that God raised Him from the dead, God gives you a righteous spirit. He removes the curse and the guilt, the shame, the sin. The Bible says uh, that God will cause you to have a righteousness God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with your heart you believe unto righteousness. And with your mouth confession is made unto that new eternal life. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the Word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So, 
Text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.